guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the Thinking Musicians Podcast. I'm here with Travis Mitchell, good friend of mine, and he and I have played mu- music together for a long time, and Travis is an awesome bass player, but even more than that, he, he loves Jesus a lot, and I wanted to talk with him and kind of pick his brain a little bit and just share some stuff with you today. So I'm going to pray to start us off, and then we'll jump right into things. So Father, we need your help. We're thankful for the presence of your spirit with us, even in this moment. And I just pray that this podcast, this recording, blesses your people. Lord, may it set people free and help us to think from being seated with you in heavenly places. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I don't know if you all have listened to the first podcast. I would encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already. But this, uh, this podcast is going to piggyback on a lot of things that were shared in that podcast. Uh, we covered a lot of scriptures from 2 Corinthians, from the book of 1 John, the book of John, uh, Isaiah, Ephesians. So really we touched on a lot of different places from scripture that talk about thinking from being seated in heavenly places that talk about uh, not looking to people as our source, but looking to God as our source, pursuing him to open and reveal his word to us by the spirit and just jumping into a journey of listening to the Lord and hearing his heart for us and knowing who we are in him. So just to go back why are we listening to this podcast? Why are Travis and I working together to create this podcast? And now I'll have some other people on this podcast, and I'm excited for you to hear their heart. But why are you listening? What are you, what are you hoping to, to gain? What are you hoping to learn? Uh, at the end of the day, there are so many podcasts out there. There are so many people recording things and, and sharing their thoughts and their hearts and ideas. And there's, there's so much value out there. So again, why this podcast? Well, for us, the reason we wanted to create this podcast was to just be faithful to share things that God had put on our hearts. So I wanted to start this podcast by talking about something that I feel like is really important to God from his word, and we'll relate all the things that we talk about today to musicians and to how to apply these things to to all of life, but in particular, musicians. So... The first thing I want to talk about is oneness. In John 17, Jesus prays his final prayer before he goes to the cross. And in that prayer, you just find over and over and over and over Jesus praying for his people to be one with each other in the same way that he is one with the Father. He prays for his people to be one with him and one with the Father in the same way that the Father and Son share unity. And if you think about it, it's essentially Jesus' last wish before he goes to the cross, that we would be one. And then it says in the New Testament that Jesus, by going to the cross, by dying and by rising again, he has torn down every wall of hostility. So there should be no divides, no disagreements, and no differences in the body of Christ. 
But the reality is, is that everybody is on a journey. And there are several points in scripture where, you know, the apostle Peter says, there are a lot of things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand. Just don't twist them. He says, some people twist them to their own demise, but, you know, it's okay for there to be hard things and things that we don't understand fully. And there are plenty of points where the body of Christ sees differently from other members in the body of Christ and movements see differently than other movements. But that shouldn't lead us to divide. That should lead us to, per- to continue to pursue the Lord together and say, okay, God, lead us into what you have for us. The point is not being right. The point is not uh, having all the right answers. The point is pursuing the Lord for his truth, which will unite us. That's why I want to start always with scripture. So we're seeing John 17. We're seeing Jesus pray for this oneness. And that's a priority for God. Now, the second thing I wanted to touch on is what, what should be the priority for us? What should be the priority for God's people? Well, one of the passages that stood out to me, not necessarily the passages that talk about love, even though that's what the scripture says, that's what will define God's people. But I want to go back a little bit further to Exodus chapter 33 and 34. And Moses says, God, your presence is what distinguishes us and makes us different from any other group of people, any other movement of people on the planet. That's the only thing that makes us different. And if you look at all the times that Israel fell, because they fell plenty of times, they did horrible things, really horrible things. And that was when they tried to look exactly like all of the other nations on the planet. When they tried to say, hey, we want to follow the same gods as them, or we want to live the same kind of lives as them. We want to have a king just like them. And yes, God used all those things, but ultimately they led Israel into a bad place because they were not pursuing the presence of God and they were afraid to be unique as his people. So realizing that God's priority is oneness and that you see the people who love God, their priority is his manifest presence to set them apart as different from every other person on the face of the planet. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, how, how how do we make all these things happen? And how do we pursue this oneness? Yet also, how do we pursue as God's people being distinct from every other person on the, on the face of the planet? And as I was talking to Travis earlier today, we were talking about what does this look like? And I would love for Travis to share uh, a couple of the things that he was telling me. Uh, we were talking about not forcing your opinions on people and trying to make other people see the way you see. So, Travis, go ahead and talk about what you said about forcing our opinions on God. Uh, thanks, Jared. Um, something I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm always learning more and more about uh, leadership. Um, I'm really, I, I think something that I've been really, uh, that God has used to kind of mold and shape me has been uh, growing up around a lot of leadership and around a lot of strong leaders, um, especially in the church. I'm a pastor's kid. Um, I grew up in the church uh, and, and 
Jared and I went to the same church for a long time. And I think something that uh, I started, I was actually um, afraid of leadership growing up. And I think the reason that I was afraid of, you know, being a leader or, or God calling me to a position of leadership uh, was because I, 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 I felt like, um, like it might have been God's agenda to raise up leaders um, just so that they could have a big fall. <laughs> um, maybe you have seen this, like I've seen this uh, in the Christian world or in, um, or in other uh, places of secular leadership. Politics, Politics, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's, uh, where there's a leader that a lot of people idolize or there's a leader that a lot of people put on a pedestal where it seems like they, uh, over a period of time, um, have started to veer or... Uh, or Make uh, mistakes. Or, uh, yeah, and, and do... And to and to lead people in a way that um, can seem in the end destructive. Now we know that God works all things out together for the good of those uh, of those who love Him, um, and He uses our mistakes, He uses our weaknesses, um, and even some of the leaders that we see uh, who we we perceive as have have had made some of the biggest mistakes um, and have had some of the most destructive types of leadership. Um, we can know that, like, if they're in Christ, there's no condemnation for them. Uh, we can know that there's no, there's there's no judgment or charge that we can bring against them that can truly condemn them, um, because of what Christ has done on the cross for them. Um, and I think one of the things that I really struggled with growing up was uh, seeing control um, and the role of control. In, in, in the way people lead. Mm. And I think something that the Lord is starting to teach me now, which is beginning to kind of subside my fear and impact the way that I begin to lead people, is by teaching me that um, what is truly my responsibility and what is not. So the writer of Hebrews talks about, I believe it's Hebrews 13, talks about obeying and submitting to your leaders and making their work a joy and not a burden for they for they have to give an account. Um, and so I always kind of used to interpret that as like, okay, whatever, if I'm leading someone, if I'm leading a group of people, if I'm leading a church, if I'm leading a small group, if I'm leading a team, if I'm leading a business, if I'm leading a, a, any group of people, um, that I, that God is expecting of me to give an account for what they do. Um, and that's kind of how I started to kind of read into things. And I think that that perspective and the way that I, Jared's talked about this, um, I believe a little bit in his first podcast, um, and we've talked about this individually, of um, reading the Bible through a, a lens that can actually distort the original meaning of what God actually intended for us. Uh, if, we read it, if we read it through a lens of fear, if we read it through a lens of, um, of, of uh, control or wanting to be completely right or completely understand all the things that there are to know about God. We know that God is infinite <laughs> and uh, we are finite. 
And so there's no way that we can possibly fully understand all that there is to know uh, about God and, and who, who he is. Um, and we can't contain that in a teaching. We can't contain that in, in uh, our own finite minds. And so I think I began to actually read into Scripture things that weren't actually there um, because of my fear. I felt like I had to control uh, people and the way that they acted um, with my leadership. But as I, um, as God started kind of working on my fear and and bringing me back to those scriptures, uh, something that He kind of highlighted for me was like uh, the fact that what God is holding me accountable to is my leadership and how I lead. And am I leading in a way that truly is loving and serving uh, his sheep as, um, as I follow his leadership? But something that I, when I revisited, I did not see in the Bible was um, an expectation from God to the, uh, an expectation of God uh, on me to be held accountable for the actions of others. Uh, we know that we will be held accountable one day uh, on Judgment Day. We will be held accountable for our actions and for our fruit. The Bible talks about that. Um, but what we do not see is that we're going to be held accountable fully for the resp- for for the the actions of even the people that we lead. And so something that helped confirm this for me a little bit um, in Scripture was even seeing Jesus. Like, I believe, Jared, that, like, Jesus' leadership was perfect. That Amen, he, yeah. That he was perfect in all of his ways. That he was the full manifestation of the character of God mm. in human flesh. Um, but we see that even in Jesus' perfect leadership, that he... Like he had people who, even some of his closest disciples, who didn't act perfectly, and Jesus was faithful with his with his leadership and with the way that he taught and the things and the way that he encouraged and he was gentle and the Bible says like a bruised reed God will not break and and he didn't do that um, he was he was stern and firm um, but he didn't control even his own disciples even the people who are closest to him, the people that he was responsible for leading. Um, I remember even in that passage uh, where uh, uh, Jesus is praying to the Father and saying that, like, each one of these, like, uh, uh, that you've put into my care, you've kept. Um, And um, not one of them are lost. Uh, But we see that uh, that's not a result of Jesus controlling. As we read <laughs> the chapters leading up to that, that's not a result of of Jesus controlling and being overbearing with his disciples. What we see instead is that he was faithful with his leadership, and we even see Judas, who might some might say helped commit the most egregious egregious sin that can be committed, <laughs> which is killing God, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> right? Like the the very Messiah that we've that they were looking for, that uh, all of creation was waiting for up until that point, uh, the very the church actually uh, executed him. 
And that was done, and he was handed over by one of his own disciples. And Jesus said, like, what you must do, do it quickly. And so we can look at that and be like, well, shouldn't Jesus have wrestled him to the ground and made sure that he didn't do that? I think Jesus' trust was in the Father. Like, Jesus said, like, I don't do or say anything that I don't see the Father do. So I think uh, something that God's been teaching me, which has brought me a lot of peace in my own leadership and um, has, has just been re- recognizing that God, uh, I'm not seeing in God's word where he calls me to control the actions of other people. And he's not holding, holding me accountable for what other people choose to do, even under my leadership. I am held responsible for the way that I lead that will lead to the likely, uh, that will um, help lead people to doing the right thing and to following the Lord. Um, yeah, so that's just one thing that and that's really helped me, uh, even in my own leadership. And I think you've seen that, Jared. Like, I've seen how God's like grown and changed and um, helped me um, in my own journey as I'm as I'm learning to lead and as I'm learning to uh, kind of let God take responsibility for changing people's yeah. hearts. Yeah. And uh, and not assuming that responsibility on myself because when I do, man, <laughs> like. That's when things I that's when I see like when I try to control people's hearts, um, I am not perfect. I am not the perfect shepherd. Even if I was a pa- even even pastors, right? Like they're under shepherds, uh, under the great shepherd, and the great shepherd is the one um, and the Holy Spirit, and who who really is the one who can change our hearts and our behaviors. Um, and so I don't want to be a false source of change for people by trying to control them. That's really good, bro. I I agree with all that you said, and I think that that's, that's an amazing perspective. And if you're listening to this as a musician, you know, it's called Thinking Musicians, you're thinking, well, maybe how does this relate to me as a musician? Well, you know, if we're, if we're Christians, we're, we're Christians first, before musicians or before leaders or anything else. But in the call to be a follower of Christ is to be called to leadership is to be called to let your light shine is to be called to these two things that we just talked about this oneness with God that Jesus wants for his people oneness with God and oneness with each other and then also this pursuit of the presence of God so obviously Jesus's goal as a leader uh, was to fulfill his purpose and his mission which was to atone for the sin of the world to raise up these disciples, these apostles. But really, he, you know, the goal was to get the Spirit <laughs> into the church. The goal was to set up a new line of humanity. Uh, the Bible says that in Adam all die, but in Jesus all live. So we're, we're in Jesus. We are in Christ. We are this new creation. We have the Holy Spirit, which means in a way, we're all called to let our light shine. We're all called to be leaders. We're not called to try and control the way things go in terms of other people's actions. We're called to be faithful to to press into God, right? To press into the source, to press into Jesus and who he is and all that he has for us. 
Now, the exciting thing for me is I know as a musician, when you do that, everything changes. I feel like a lot of musicians can tend to say, hey, we just want to make sure that people are saying the right words. And if they say the right words and, you know, they'll have the right response or we just want to be careful that we don't draw attention to the music to, to let the word shine out. And, and, and everything is just very controlled. Um, my response to that and what I, would, what I would feel like the Lord would say to that is in the example of David, is in the example that, you know, he's given everyone, he's put in everyone gifts and talents and, you know, how are we stewarding those gifts and those talents? Obviously, David was a man after God's heart. He pursued the Spirit of God. When you see David setting up the the, temp, the temple with all the musicians, praising God around the clock, prophets in the Old Testament, and in last podcast we talked about there really aren't that many musical examples in the New Testament. So the musical examples that we have are in the Old Testament. And all of these times you see people just pursuing hard after God, playing excellently, playing skillfully, really trying to write new songs to the Lord, trying to just do their best. Another thing that I was reminded of today was that the Lord called uh, two specific individuals in the Old Testament and filled them with skill to build the tabernacle. He gave these guys divine skill to construct this thing for for the presence of God to dwell in. In the same way, I think if God gives us a gift in music or a calling in music, he's given us skill, he's given us creativity, and I want to be one who says, okay, Lord, what does it look like to be creative? What does it look like to to use those gifts that you've given me? What does it look like to kind of get outside the box and be me as a musician? And I think, you know, Travis, as we live in a celebrity culture in a lot of ways where people are following celebrities, people are almost treating big-time church pastors or worship musicians in this celebrity sort of way, the Lord would call his people, say, hey, look at me. I've given you all something amazing. I've given you all something unique. And for us to believe in that and go explore that and say, well, what does it look like for me to lead by example, to reach my full potential, not just to faithfully communicate what these leaders are saying, but to faithfully pursue the gift that God's given you and say, hey, what does it look like to, to go into this 110% for me along with you know, pursuing the presence of God with everything that we have, thinking from that place? And I don't know, like I feel like there would be a lot of amazing things happening in a lot of people's lives if they would pursue music from that place, pursue leadership from that place and pursue, pursue honestly God from that place of belief and, and excitement and seeking to unleash the creativity that he's put in us, you know, Mm -hmm. anything you would add to that? Yeah. I'll I'll just say one more thing. Um, and, uh, I don't mean to sound, uh, trite or cliche, but, (sighs) We're all after the same thing. You know what I mean, man? Like, we're all after life and yeah. fulfillment yeah. here. <laughs> you 
You know, we're all after purpose and trying to find meaning in the things that already exist. Like, where's the meaning in my musical talent and my love for music? Where's the meaning in my involvement in church? Where's the meaning in my job? Where's the meaning in life? And what Jared and I have both found is that meaning and life and fulfillment stems directly from the one who created all of it. Mm. And, um, and what I think so many of us are finding and are experiencing is that like that true joy that we all hunger for is not found in things made by us, not mm. things concocted by us. And so as we're um, participating on a worship team, as we're leading, either leading a worship team or as we're leading a, um, other people into worship and into um, engaging with God together, um, like we don't, like we want people to find life and we want yeah. people to find joy and we want people to find that fulfillment and that meaning. And so as we, as we do this, like we want to be able to connect people to what's actually going to do that and not try to craft or create an atmosphere in our own strength as if that, uh, what, something that we can create is going to truly fill the void that we're look that we're look we're all looking to fill. Um, and it's not that you know we just have to step completely back and and say God, you're going to have to do all the work, and I'm not going to be a part of this at all. No, God's plan, as He's told us in the Bible, like His plan, has been to do that work through us. Yeah. And so we don't want to stand in the way of that. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is we cannot control God and we cannot, um, we can't even fully predict the way that God is going to move. So as we can come with open hands and say, Lord, like I'm going to, um, do, and I'm, I'm going to lead in such a way that, 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 that you're leading me to lead. Uh, and I'm going to, um, say what you're prompting me to say by your spirit. And as I'm asking for revelation, like Jared said in the last podcast, like we just got to ask as we do that, we don't have to worry about the results because we're not held accountable for the actions of other people. Mm. We are, we want to, we want to um, do our part in, in leading people um, to the presence of God, but letting him do the work and not even evaluating the all-powerful, uh, infinite God, not even evaluating and critiquing his work and trying to fill the, fill the void that we may perceive as like, oh, well, they're not, it doesn't seem like God's really touching anyone right now. So let me um, switch things up and try to, and try to change and control the atmosphere. Um, but this, no one knows the mind of the Lord <laughs> um, except for the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says. Mm, yeah. And so um, letting truly coming with a trust, like, God, I trust that you are going to do your work um, and you're going to draw 
people to yourself. Um, it says that, like, you know, the Son of Man must be lifted up and will draw all men on, onto himself. Mm. Help us to play that part, God, and help us to um, do that in such a way where we don't um, find ourselves actually interfering with what you're trying to do because we don't see how you're working or how you're moving. Mm. That's good stuff, bro. I think we'll just about wrap it there. The only thing I would say after that is, you know, there's an example in Scripture where Paul comes and brings the Word of God to uh, Berea, and the Scripture commends the Bereans because when Paul preached the gospel to them, they examined it carefully in the scriptures to make sure that what he was saying was true. And as, as Travis and I were talking about leadership before, you know, we were started, we started recording, recording this podcast, you know, we, we are going to be held account for the words that we speak. That's what the Bible says. And I think we, one of the reasons we started, you know, recording this podcast now, as opposed to a couple of years ago, because we, you know, took some, took some steps towards recording it a couple of years ago, but there was this desire, hey, Lord, we don't, we want to be careful with our words. We don't want to be careless. So what does that look for us to, to be careful with our words and be wise? I think at the end of the day, it's just to, to point people to the word of God and say, hey, look this up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Look this up for yourself. Study it. You know, we're talking about all these things, about the example that Jesus set, about not coming to God's word with presuppositions, uh, not, you know, coming with a carnal mind to try and grasp everything and make sense of it all and twist God's word, uh, but just to take it at face value. And when it says things like, you've been seated in heavenly places with Christ, think from that place. Okay, well, we're going to try to put that into practice. When we see examples like David being a man after God's own heart and pursuing the presence of God, well, let's use that as an example. We see Jesus, you know, saying, hey, Father, make them one. If that's a priority for God, that should be a priority for us. If Moses is saying, God, your presence is what distinguishes us from the nations of the world, well, is that something that we're pursuing? Or does our Sunday service look exactly like a service from a different religion? I think those are big questions and important questions. So, so as musicians, uh, I would say just pursue <laughs> the Word of God and see how the Word of God changes you as a musician. How is the, the Word of God calling you to use your gifts and make the most of your talents well, I think it's from a place of being united with Jesus mm-hmm. and being filled with the Spirit and doing what only you can do. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to be different. It's hard to be unique. But if we're God's people and we're full of his presence, then we will be different from everyone else. And that means that we're having to rely on the Lord to lead us to where he wants us to go, to what he wants us to do. And if we're one with him, we can know those things. So that's all for now. And I, and I have one last thing to add real quick. Um, the, we're talking, uh, I was just mentioning about purpose and how we're all looking for true joy and meaning. 
um, and how that's connected to the author of all of this. Mm, yes. And um, I would just say and encourage um, myself, Jared, anyone who's listening, that it really doesn't mean much in the end if you are not connecting with him yeah. individually. Jesus gave, um, he, he, he told us about how on the last day, some people will come and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I, um, didn't I do all these things in your name? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I you know, do X, Y, and Z in your name? Um, but he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. And like, like we see all throughout the Old Testament, and all throughout the New Testament, that God, it doesn't seem like God is, his priority at all is us playing the part. So you can listen to all of these things. You can listen to your pastor. You can listen to any, any leader um, and play the part. But if you don't know him, if you aren't, if you don't, have that relationship with him, then that doesn't count for much in the end is what we're seeing in the Bible. (laughs) Um, We can play the part, even the Pharisees um, who seem to play the part the best, uh, but their hearts were far from him. And uh, so, yeah, that'd be my encouragement just to Really ask yourself, and and I and I have to do this on a consistent basis. It's yeah. not just a one-time thing. Yeah. Like today, uh, like today's been a hard day for me, man. Um, but I, I've had to come back to the Lord and be like, Lord, I got to remember, like I'm in this with you. Like at the end of the day, it's our relationship. It's it's me knowing you. It's me walking with you. It's me living with you and you living with me uh, that that really changes things and that really actually counts for something and yeah. really is meaningful in the end. That's so good. Well, let's wrap it there and we'll, uh, we'll pick back up right where we left off because there's a lot of good stuff and uh, we'll keep it going. <laughs>